kicking off our training and certification series, today I sat down with Prakash Kota, CIO of Autodesk. Training and certification is something I'm passionate about, and so is Prakash. I learned that we have a lot of similar thoughts on the subject. Prakash, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Jake. Thanks for having me. So can you uh, can we start off by you telling us a little bit about yourself and, and your background, please? Sure. I always wanted to work in engineering as a leader for consumer tech products. And in general, I'm an engineer by heart, love programming. I've done my bachelor's in electronics and communications and uh, master's in electrical engineering with chip design as the major. And so once I graduated, I landed on a short-term IT consulting gig which I really enjoyed uh, to work. And that's probably the first time when I got exposed to uh, the corporate environment and how IT enables businesses in whatever business goals they had. So I was totally fascinated the scale at which things happen in a corporation. And uh, from from that gig, I moved into Autodesk for a three-week consultant uh, role. Again, it's a long story of why I chose for family reasons and other things that I moved to this three-week consultant gig. But here I am, 15 years later, leading their IT division and so fortunate to be part of uh, the overall transformation that has gone in in the last 15 years. And uh, yeah, over, uh, now I lead the entire IT organization within Autodesk. Very good. Yeah, my, I, my background's kind of similar. I started off uh, Live Nation on a short contract as well, and just kind of went from there. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, as 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 CIO uh, of Autodesk, how do you make sure your team and your organization uh, has the right set of skills in order to be successful with the cloud? Yeah, no, I think that it's a good question, Jake. Mainly stepping back, right? If you if you take a look at it, we had this overall vision of uh, being a subscription SaaS company, which means all of our systems and resiliency, availability, very quick value was a big thing and putting customer at the center on what we wanted to deliver. So as part of that overall transformation, cloud was very critical for us. Enabling or leveraging cloud was very critical. So from a top down, we first stated that we are going to be moving and leveraging cloud as an enabling factor for us to be uh, more valuable to our customers. And with that decision, we then made it uh, trickle down to say, what does this mean to all of our engineers? So we had a two-pronged strategy, I would say. One, where we initial phase of the program, where we identified team members who had some level of existing cloud experience, and we focused on providing targeted training for them so that they can uh, get much closer and learn more so that uh, they can get certified and then we can assign them on appropriate teams. And that was the first step. And then we also use them as champions and evangelists when we in parallel opened up a comprehensive training program and evaluation program, I would call, uh, where the training opportunity was for all team members, regardless of their background. Uh, and so once they completed training and passed the hands-on skill assessment, they join a migration team uh, to, uh, to start migrating applications to the cloud and then owning them in the cloud. And so uh, that's the overall uh, detailed approach that we had. Right. 
And so I'm so glad you mentioned training because this is something that's uh, near and dear to me and something I advocate for kind of quite loudly is to kind of invest in your in your team, your existing team, of course, go out and, and source talent as needed. But, you know, as much as possible, leverage your existing team, utilize them. They know how your company works, how your organization works. And you just add on those skills uh, through training and certification um, and, you know, they'll have everything they need and you'll have everything you need to be successful. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about kind of your overall strategy for training and certification of your team and, and kind of how you were able to accomplish that? Absolutely. So I would say training, uh, if f- fundamentally we had, uh, we identified three principles when we outlined a training approach. And I would say an overall learning strategy, which was based on these three principles. One, it has to be iterative. Like learning is something that we deliver, will be delivered in increments where individuals will iterate on their learning journey to learn and apply the knowledge what they learn in the day job and then continuously have that appetite of continuous learning. And then be focused, like the primary focus, like up-leveling the teams when, and individuals for migration. So have a ta- like a focused effort in what you want to learn so that you can really achieve those things. And Three, I would say, is blended approach. Like we, if we need to be this continuous learning philosophy and be sustainable in the whole learning approach, I think I have this concept of 70-20-10 principle where 70% of the learning happens on the job and 20% happens when you talk to your peers and learn from your peers and 10% happens on the actual uh, training, like formal training or whatever it is. So, and that's very critical mindset for employees to have. It's not like I go for a one day training and I wake up next day, I'm an expert. It doesn't happen like that. We all know that. Yes, those formal trainings are definitely very helpful as foundation, but then how do you use it in the job and how do you leverage is what makes it a difference. And so we really emphasize on that blended approach for people to understand on that principle, like it's not just a certification, it's not just a course that you attend, it's how do you use that on the day, every day is what is important. So that that's what I would say on the training front. And then we also had a very structured approach, Jake, when I look at the whole training, right? Like when we talked about migration, because the reason we are talking about migration is we had this whole vision of moving all of our enterprise applications, the back office systems to the public cloud, in this case, AWS. And so we had just like a rocket launch, like it's T minus two months before actually we engage you in the migration. (laughs) What do you need to have? You need to have, you need to set your base. Even if you are, uh, have some basic idea in AWS, how do you reset and get the ground rules right? And we, it requires them at least three days of commitment for them to get that in-person training. And then T minus one, one and a half month. How do you get ready? Like we require 10 hours of self-paced learning where you get, we need time commitment for you to learn and be ready. And then T minus one month is when you start shadowing a different team. We call it tiger teams here. And each tiger team is responsible for migration. And we had different migration waves. And so every week, four hours, you shadow a different team and understand how they do it on the job. And then T minus 15 days, almost half month, we are confirming your readiness. And so we do a small assessment for an individual for half a day to ensure that they have equipped the right knowledge and skills 
and they are ready to be introduced to be part of a tiger team in the migration wave. So we had a very structured approach from T minus mm. two months to the actual T so that there's so much excitement created too for people who are getting close to the T. Like I'm going to be part of this tiger team now that is going to migrate these apps. <laughs> so we, uh, whether you call it, we gamified or whatever it is, we created that excitement with this program where it was fun and they also felt esteemed. Now I'm going to be part of a tiger team that is going to migrate these applications. Right, right. No, I completely agree. I mean, that sounds like a formula for success. You don't mind, I would like to kind of ask a few more yeah. questions around this because it sounds like you have some great um, experience that can help a lot of our listeners who are who are also leaders leading uh, transformation efforts at their companies. Um, I want to ask from a leadership standpoint, how, how do you motivate your team uh, to want to participate in this, this new initiative and the training required to do it? Um, you know, the way you describe it makes it sound so easy, but I know that so many others are struggling with this, with this same question. Yeah, I, I would say, again, taking it in threes, as you can imagine by now, I like things to be in threes or twos so that it registers to people. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, And so the first step, I would say, is like creating a measurable objective and key results of learning and gaining certifications. So every individual or employee, we expect them to have an individual development plan with a clear goal and a measurable objective and key result outlined. And so that's 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 a core and then creating also like leveraging the certification and reward program uh, to ensure that once they get trained, they are also participating in the certification program. And uh, once they achieve certain level of certifications, there is also an internal applause program recognition and reward that we do to facilitate them. And three, which is the most important one, I feel like once the training is completed and certifications are attained, employees also get to graduate to a new title, like a cloud infrastructure engineer mm. or a cloud DevOps engineer from right. their traditional roles of Unix administrator or Windows engineer to a storage engineer. So those are critical motivational factors because there is a personal element for them from their career standpoint too. Like once they accomplish these things, they are really graduating into a new world of new title where the world is headed and so that's the excitement we create and i i i, I feel like it has really worked i've seen several yeah. engineers and employees who have taken advantage of this and have also it's a win-win situation they have grown personally uh, and professionally as well as the company has benefited with their knowledge because they have the strong business acumen that with that with this cloud knowledge they are able to help us with this whole migration so i would say it's a win-win situation for the employee and the, for the company right yeah i totally agree um so I'm going to ask a couple of tough questions along this because I think uh, these, sure. are, these are easy for you so far. <laughs> what about those um, in your organization who just don't want to do it, who are just afraid or they're resisting? Maybe they, they feel like they have some, some amount of power kind of in the old way of doing things and they don't want to let go of that. Um, what, yeah. how, do you, how do you address that and how do you as a leader kind of influence them and make them or do you? I mean, do, do you even bother with them? I would say it's very important to set the North Star and the goal where the company or the where the organization is headed and initially give a path for them where they can be part of this journey and give them an option to choose whether they want to be part of the journey. 
I really don't mm. want to force people to be part of the journey, but it is very important as a leader for me to create excitement so that they are part of the journey, and that's the fun part to go to that north star together. But if they personally choose for whatever reasons that this is not the right thing for them, there is no pressure. I keep telling them, you either mm. get onto the ship or leave the ship. But don't be that extra weight where you are not carrying anything or not contributing and be a, being a that derailer or a distractor mm-hmm. to the rest of the organization because right. we are very clear on where we want to go and time is of the essence with this all this transformation. So and and if you look at it, ninety percent of the organization gets it, but there is always right. this ten percent of the population who think that like I or oh, somebody would have gone to a data center conference and come back and say. The conference, they said, ninety percent of the data center is going to come back. So all this cloud is a hype. Of course, <laughs> when you go to a data center conference, what else will you hear? And so, <laughs> so I think it's it's a choice that you give. It's a choice you give to the employees. But once they are committed, we expect them to fulfill that commitment and be part of the journey and not resist it. Right. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. So you're so you're including everyone. You're at least giving everyone the chance to be included. Oh, totally. They're they're being rewarded with new career paths um, by participating in this, and also to be a part of a successful project, a, a large transformation, perhaps one of the biggest yeah. transformations they'll ever have in their career to be a part of. Yeah. And uh, the ones that don't want to go along with it, you're not allowing them, if there are any of them, to kind of disrupt uh, the overall project. Yeah. You kind of uh, don't force them. I think that's a that's a great formula. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so then the nat- natural next tough question that I'm sure people are thinking right now <laughs> is, okay, so I train these people, say I'm successful, I train them, we know this can be done. Um, how do you keep them, right? Because now they're going to be worth a lot more money, um, especially once they get that experience. Uh, what's your strategy for retaining uh, these newly trained, highly skilled, highly sought after uh, technologists? See, I think when you for especially highly skilled engineers or technologists if you keep them give them challenging work and reward them appropriately nobody wants to leave and for a company which is transforming itself and reinventing itself in a growth trajectory nobody wants to leave right. and as as long as you are putting the right level of investment and it's hmm. not like a one time investment this whole training that i talked about is a continuous process because you guys in aws are launching thousands of services every year which is making us to be staying on toes to continuously <laughs> learn the cool things that you are bringing so that we equip ourselves and get better at it so it's a continuous process it's not a one time thing so as long as whatever i mentioned is not like a one time activity we are trying to do then people would like to get certified and then hop on to something else but if this is going to be an ongoing mm. practice on how we are going to operate and that's part of the culture that we have and we give enough challenges for our employees i think they want to be part of it they want to be part yeah. of the transformation and they are self motivated so i think the key thing is giving them the space to reinvent giving them the required training and uh, giving them enough challenges if all these three things are there i would say employees it's very tough to uh, it's tough case for employees to leave that kind of a situation and go to somewhere go somewhere else i, I think it's important um, not to rely so much on on just pay because there's always someone who will outbid you but what you're saying exactly. makes a lot of sense you're saying um, 
you know, you, you make this case for them in the beginning of the journey that you're going to uh, benefit from this. You're going to become more valuable. You're going to be a part of something successful. And then once you achieve that, you just do that again. You give them some other challenge, some other way to see that they're going to become even more skilled and even more experienced and, and be part of something even more successful. And then you can really kind of keep doing that. Yeah. And, and it's also like when you have like-minded people, who are innovating along with you and you're learning from them all the time, that's the atmosphere p- engineers or technologists want to surround themselves with. Yeah. So how important is it uh, for leadership, um, you know, the CIO and other leaders within the organization um, to, to also participate in this training and, um, you know, upskilling exercise? Uh, what was your personal experience? Did you go through it with them and, and how, how did it go? I think it is very important for all of them to go through the training, right? Uh, Given the uh, prominence of the cloud, it could be argued that everybody in the organization should be trained. The depth at which would be based on their role, uh, the highest level everyone should understand the benefits of moving to the cloud and obviously engineers will require some exhaustive training. But I would say everybody, like for example, for me, I spend a lot of time with the peers in the valley. Uh, and other places to understand how are they leveraging cloud? What business value is it bringing? And how can I articulate the same thing when I work with other business leaders within Autodesk? And how do we bring more value to Autodesk? So yes, I may not be spending day in, day out understanding all the different services and the technology associated, even though I want to, but my time and <laughs> may not give me that uh, time. But I think it is very important for me to understand and keep abreast on what's happening with the cloud and how to tap into the value so that Autodesk can benefit out of those things. So the, to mm-hmm. the scale, like you, you, we need to be both well-defined. So for the teams, I think we need to have a well-defined training plan to accommodate various personas I talked about, and also the managerial and the leadership support to ensure the employees have the time needed to complete this exhaustive train program. Like I would say, on an average, we expect our engineers to spend 80 hours in a year dedicated for training like 80 hours block out of your time on an annual basis at the minimum to train yourselves or retrain or unlearn yourself so that you are ready for the future so i spend a lot of time and i also spend time with you guys i'm part of your uh, high-tech cio advisory council so when i sit in uh, those meetings i continuously learn like what's going on where are you guys headed in the next few years and what and how could I leverage whatever you're trying to bring to the market into in our businesses so that it can add more value? So I would say it's a continuous learning process. And that's what fascinates me about this whole cloud journey. Right. Yeah. And I like that you um, that you mentioned learning from your peers because and I'm sure you're teaching them as well in these councils. <laughs> uh, I think that's one of the best ways to learn, uh, especially for, for a CIO or, you know, a senior leader within the organization. Uh, get with people. Um, you know, from other companies who have done it before and exchange ideas, find out what works and what doesn't, you know, in a lot of ways, that's kind of what my, my team does, uh, at AWS. So we facilitate those things. Um, so I want to talk about, um, so we talked about, uh, already, you know, the, the, the team and how to get them motivated, how to get them skilled. There's uh there's also though your peers within the organization. So other leaders within the organization, perhaps that are not within your direct, uh, control and not you know, uh, your reporting structure. So these, these might be a little bit different, you know, a little bit more difficult to, um, 
to kind of influence them, right? Because they're not they're not reporting to you. So what what's your strategy to to get buy in from your peers and get them excited about you know coming along with this transformation and and being a part of it? I think probably being in a high tech or a software company makes it easy for me. For me, it's not a, <laughs> a heavy influencing. Uh, all of my peers and partners that I work with within different business functions within Autodesk, we are a cloud company ourselves and a SaaS company. They know the value of what cloud brings. So it's like you're pushing an open door. Uh, <laughs> so they, 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 they totally understand the value of what it is. It is more and more of our discussion is on what business value, how do we leverage, what are the shared goals, what are the objectives and what are the outcomes we want to drive. I think there is very little discussion about if we need to leverage cloud or not, or no discussion that right. happens. We are all bought into that. Yes, we are going to leverage cloud to enable us to be successful. And so for mm. me, that's a good, very good luxury, I would say, because when I hear from other right. CIOs that it's an uphill battle, as I mentioned, it's a pushing an open door for me. It's like there's nothing for me to influence or convince. We are all sold on that philosophy. It's more about discussing about the goals and what additional value we need to bring for our customers is where we spend most of our time. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Well, what about um, you know upwards uh, when you're working with your your CEO? Is it the, is the case the same, um, or or is there yeah. other kind of tactics that you need to use in order to um, you know, get, get buy-in from above. No, I would say if you look at our corporate goals, two of our corporate goals are delivering on the promise of subscription and one is digitizing Autodesk. And when we say, and this mm. is a corporate goal that the CEO has declared to the street. So where he clearly sees the value in what we need to do. And when we say digitize, we talk about removing friction from the users, whether that's our customers, partners, or employees. And uh, and also in delivering the promise of uh, subscription, we are talking about continuous value that we want to give to our customers. And that means we need to ensure we are delivering, iterating value, and we are going to tap into cloud to get that kind of value. To, and also for high availability, resiliency, and other things. So I would say even in that case, uh, there is full support and I'm probably one of those fortunate leaders who has that C-level commitment and uh, vision which totally aligns and the investment that is required to make all of these transformations. We are making all those right things. And so it's, it's a fun journey. Well, what about uh, for some of our listeners that may be in a different situation? Um, and, and I think that the case for kind of high availability and reducing costs, I think that's a perhaps an easier case to make nowadays because we have so many great examples of companies that have done that. But when we focus more on kind of using cloud as a, as a key lever for business growth, what's your approach yeah. to, to making that business case? Yeah, so I would always, I mean, my two cents that I tell to all of my peers when I chat with them is, see, cost is what you pay, value is what you get. Don't mm -hmm. focus on cost because people talk about, oh, cloud is expensive or costly. It's talk about in the terms of value, because when you right. start comparing things and the value you get, it totally changes. So it is very important for CIOs to stop having cost conversations and start having value conversations. 
when you start talking about the value for the business, you, they should not be talking value about cloud. They should be talking about value to the business, their own business, whatever that is, and how cloud or technology is enabling is what the discussion should be. That's such a great point. Uh, I'm so glad you said that because, you know, this is, it, it's kind of the answer to a, a question that we get from CIOs, um, you know, in general, which is how do I graduate from being kind of the highest ranking guy who comes and fixes your computer, right? Which is how a lot of CIOs <laughs> might be looked at from other executives, right? Um, not just an IT guy, you know, but I'm actually, I have a seat at the table here in the business. I'm, a, uh, you know, and perhaps there's a great argument to be made that the CIO might be in the best position of all the executives in order to drive new business and business growth and, and business transformations in general outside of IT, just leveraging yeah. IT and technology to do that. So I think, um, you know, what you said is if you focus on cost, then you're going to be looked at as the person who's there just to reduce cost because IT is just overhead, obviously, if you're just focusing on cost. But if you're focusing on value, then you're presupposing that IT is there to generate value for the business. And it's the CIO's role to enable that. Would you agree? Yeah. yeah. And I think that's how the conversation should be. And Nothing is free. Uh, but at the same time, as, you, as long as you can really tell that whatever investment you're doing is generating value, that's what businesses or leaders are looking for. Because at the end of the day, you have to spend somewhere. But as long as you can articulate a value story, that's, that resonates. And so, how resonates. so what's an example of how you could use cloud or, or maybe how Autodesk has used cloud in order to not reduce costs, but actually increase value for the business, for, for the entire business? Uh, if you look at it, most of our IT applications, I would say, uh, all the back office systems, whatever were there in the journey that we are going through right now, uh, we, we used to host all of these applications. Some of them are custom built. And in the past, when we built them, they were not probably built for being highly available or active-active. And with the new business model that we have, where backend systems are connected for giving access to our customers, we need to make sure that the business is always on. There is no nothing called downtime. And so mm -hmm. how cloud has leveraged is when we ported these applications or re-architected these applications in the cloud, we ensured that they were designed for high availability, resiliency, and sec with security in mind so that we are making sure they can scale up, scale wide, and, and, and not have any impact to customers and bring value. And so those things which we can do it in a very quick and also continuously push changes like with value. Mm. And that's right. what we are trying to do. And that's the lever that we have. And things don't take months. We're talking about on-demand releases. We are not talking right. about a scheduled release where you have downtime. We are talking about how do we move to on-demand releases. And that's what cloud enables for all of us. Mm. That agility. Right. And so, yeah. So, so people may hear this and think, oh, that's great. IT can do the IT things more quickly. But how does that affect the business? But what you're saying is the business actually can do things more quickly, not just IT. Consume. Yeah, they can consume the new value that comes up and they can be part of this too. And, and you could cut your losses sooner as well. I mean, this is an example I use a lot. If right? something, Yeah, if something doesn't work, you can always tweak, modify or go back. You know what? We thought that will work. That didn't work. And we are switching back. Or It's okay to fail. But as long as you're failing mm -hmm. fast and moving right. forward, that's totally fine. Right. 
and it gives you it gives you that ability to to actually make that yeah. decision something that a lot of organizations never really considered that they had this ability right because you you invest everything you make all these IT investments data center servers people right all of these things and if the idea doesn't work out in the beginning you're going to keep going because you have that sunk cost yeah. right but exactly. in, in the cloud world yeah. You can not only get started more quickly, but you can you have that ability to make that decision and say, you know what, we're not doing this anymore, and you just stop paying for absolutely. it. Absolutely, totally, absolutely. This sounds like a really great story, but I'm sure there were some <laughs> <laughs> there were some roadblocks along the way. I struggle with this question. Um, uh, hopefully, you could think of something. What would you, you know, if you could talk to yourself before the cloud journey, what advice would you give? I would say uh, one thing that I. I mean, this is this is naturally that keeps. I always think after any big program, uh, this particular thing to uh, like, what would I have done differently? And one thing that comes to mind is uh, I keep telling myself, push yourself, have a bigger appetite for risk sooner. Uh, like I think mm. that's probably one of those things that I've I've learned over time. Uh, sometimes you also have this influencing and convincing when you're trying to bring the entire organization along. It takes time. I think uh, while it takes time and we are in the right path, it's also the speed and appetite to take more risk uh, is an aspect of it. And again, when we are going through this huge transformation where you have this traditional setup with back office systems and data centers and moving to the cloud, you are having that thinking that you are applying in the cloud. So I would say... uh, I should be able, like I keep telling myself, I should push more and I should be taking more risks. Like how you just mentioned with cloud, if something doesn't work, okay, we can quickly revert back or switch to plan B or plan C, whatever it is. So ability to take more risk and bold decisions is one thing I would say. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. What about, okay, so not only do you have this successful cloud initiative, but I would say in general, You've been a very successful leader uh, at Autodesk. So I want to ask you a more general question. What about for somebody who may be new to a leadership role or taking a a CIO role um, for the first time? Do you have any advice that you would give to them or maybe, you know, framed another way? What advice would you have given yourself uh, when you stepped into the role? (laughs) I would say, see, one thing that I've learned over time and I keep telling when I get asked this question is, uh, again, being a, having an engineer in my heart, I always want to build things. I'm a builder. Uh, and uh, But over the course of time, I've learned when it is not core IP, we don't need to be build things. We can also mm. buy things. So it's a very delicate situation on what do you need to build versus what do you need to buy. Everything doesn't need to be built by your own team for taking months and months when there are teams that are probably specialized in it and where you can buy it and leverage it very quickly with SaaS companies and other things coming over time. So that's one thing that I have learned and probably fresh CIOs or others who are coming into this. You don't need to build everything. If that's not your core competency or IPA for your own business, try to see what do you need to build? What do you need to buy? And tap into that market and partners where you can leverage them to your advantage and not build it from scratch. So that's one thing that comes to mind. That it's, it's a difficult thing, especially if you're in a software company like I am, like where we are all software engineers and we are so passionate and we want to build everything. 
but th- it doesn't make sense for me to build my own email system as an example or a collaboration right. tool we should leverage our platform at least from my standpoint that's one thing that i tell that you need to decide what to build versus what to buy right right yeah and and maybe you could build it better and it's still not the right decision to build it right exactly. <laughs> that's, that's the, the tough whole thing, thing right? yeah, exactly yeah and where do we want to spend the time rather can we buy and quickly consume and you can mm-hmm. use that time and resources for something else to add value right. to our customers well, so that's what i talk about i think that's that's a like its most basic level kind of the argument for cloud it's that undifferentiated yeah. heavy lifting why would you do totally. that undifferentiated you kind of selling yourself yeah. short, right? You are yeah. very capable. Your time could be better spent uh, adding, like you said, value to the business than something yes. that's really not adding value, like maintaining servers. Yep, totally, totally. Okay, well, uh, anything that we haven't covered, any other advice that you might have for others? Because um, <laughs> there's a lot of people listening who are a little earlier on in the journey. Um, anything that uh, from your own experience or kind of what you're seeing out there, uh, that you would that you tell people. See uh, all these journeys, right? Uh, you will learn a lot along the way. Uh, it definitely after the at the end of the journey, when we are talking to summarize this multi-year journey in forty minutes, it definitely looks <laughs> rosy and rosy picture and uh, looks all unicorns go flying and waterfalls <laughs> falling. But let me be clear: it, 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 there is pain that you should expect, but uh, suffering is optional, as I tell the team. Pain is expected; suffering <laughs> is optional. <laughs> so, but, but <laughs> and have this. Uh, notion of it's okay to fail it's okay to and have this continuous learning appetite and you you'll be fine and tap into your networks and uh, and make bold decisions there's also a slight difference being between bold and reckless because Mm. people always take reckless decisions and say oh they made a bold decision no there's always (laughs) a slight difference being from being reckless versus bold be that bold leader and some of these major transformations have to be leader led so make sure that you are leading it and uh, the the entire teams come along with you and it'll be a fun thing when you go to the other side of the journey it a lot of accomplishments for the team and a lot of value for the business and a lot of wins it's it's completely a win-win situation for individuals for organizations and for corporations very well said (laughs) <laughs> so, Prakash, I want to really thank you for being on here. This is this is a lot of fun, and um, I, I think this is a, a really great episode. And I hope we can have you back, perhaps sometime for another another one. Thank you, Jake. Thanks for having me. It was fun chatting with you too.